After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Asrihil Aziz stated that the accounts relating to the army sent by Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu to Syria in order to halt their aggression was being related. The mention of three armies has already been made in the previous sermon. And the fourth army was led by Hazrat Amr bin Al-As. In relation to this, it is recorded that Hazrat Abu Bakr dispatched an army towards Syria under the leadership of Hazrat Amr bin al-As. Prior to this, Hazrat Amr bin al-As was appointed to collect arms from half of the region of Quzar and Hazrat Walid bin Uqba was appointed to collect arms from the remaining half of Quzar. When Hazrat Abu Bakr decided to send various armies towards Syria, he desired to send Hazrat Amr bin al-As as well. However, due to the role Hazrat Amr bin al-As had in putting an end to the wave of apostasy, Hazrat Abu Bakr gave him the choice to either stay in Quzar or then he could go to Syria and strengthen the Muslims. As such, Hazrat Abu Bakr sent a letter to Hazrat Amr bin al-As stating that, O Abu Abdullah, I would like to occupy you in a task which is excellent for you in this life and in the hereafter, unless you prefer continuing the task you are currently occupied in. In reply to this, Hazrat Amr bin al-As wrote to Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, stating that I am one of the arrows of Islam and after Allah, you are the only person who can shoot or collect these arrows. Thus, you may decide to shoot the strongest, most fearsome and most excellent arrow into the direction from which you anticipate danger. That is to say, that he was absolutely prepared to face all kinds of dangers. When Hazrat Amr bin al-As came to Medina, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed him to set up his camp outside of Medina so that people could gather around him and thus many noble men of the Quraysh joined him. In other words, when the decision was made to head towards Syria, Hazrat Amr bin al-As was called to Medina and he came, and in order to prepare an army with him, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed him to set up his camp outside of Medina, so that people would come to him. When Hazrat Amr bin al-As decided to depart, Hazrat Abu Bakr came to send them off, and stated, O Amr, you are wise and experienced and well aware of matters pertaining to combat. You are setting off with noble men of your tribe and righteous Muslims and you will meet your brothers. 
As such, do not leave any shortcomings in their welfare and do not prevent them from making good suggestions. As your view in matters relating to combat is praiseworthy and may prove to be blessed in the end. In other words, do not prevent them from making good proposals and if you are given a good suggestion then you may act accordingly. Upon this, Hazrat Umar bin al-As replied that how wonderful would it be for me to prove your perception of me to be true and that your opinion about me is not proved wrong. Following this, Hazrat Umar bin al-As set off with his army which consisted of six to seven thousand men and their destination was Palestine. Hazrat Amr prepared a battalion of a thousand men and sent it under the leadership of Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar towards the advancing Byzantine soldiers. Subsequently, this battalion encountered the Byzantine army and shattered their strength of the enemy, gained victory over them and then returned with some prisoners. Hazrat Amr bin Alas interrogated these prisoners and it came to light that the Byzantine army under the leadership of Ruwais was in preparation to launch a sudden attack on the Muslims. And so in light of this information, Hazrat Amr bin Alas arranged his army. And when the Byzantines launched their attack, the Muslims were successful in stopping them and the Byzantines were forced to retreat. Following this, the Muslims launched a counter-attack and shattered their strength and forced them to retreat and leave the battlefield. The Muslim army then followed them and thousands of Byzantine soldiers were killed and this is how the battle came to an end. Then having dispatched these armies, Hazrat Abu Bakr felt relief as he was hopeful that Allah would make these Muslim armies victorious over the Byzantines. And the reason for this was that more than a thousand Muhajireen and Ansar companions were among these armies, who had proven their utmost loyalty on every occasion and who had fought alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, right from the inception of Islam. Among these were the people of Badr as well, regarding whom the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, supplicated to his Lord, that, O oh Allah, if you destroy this small community today, then you will not be worshipped on this earth again. It is mentioned that in those days, the Byzantine Emperor Heraclius was in Palestine, and when he received the news of the preparations of the Muslims, he gathered the chieftains of the area and then made passionate speeches in front of them, inciting them to fight against the Muslims. And in relation to the Muslims, he stated that they are starving, naked, uncultured people of the Arab desert who wish to attack you. And so give them such an emphatic response that they never have the courage to even look your way again. You shall be fully supported with military apparatus and personnel. Thus, willingly obey those who have been appointed commanders among you and you shall be victorious. This is the speech that Heraclius delivered to the people there in order to incite them against the Muslims. And so, having prepared the people of Palestine to confront the Muslims, Heraclius travelled to Damascus and from there he went to Hims and Antakya and just as he did in Palestine, he delivered the same passionate speeches preparing them for war against the Muslims. He made Antakya the headquarters for the preparations against the Muslims. And the Byzantines had two armies in Syria, one in Palestine and the other in Antakya. And these two armies had established their headquarters in the following places. Number one, Antakya. This was the headquarters of Syria in the time of the Roman Empire. 
Number two, Tinasserine, and this is at the northwestern border of Syria, adjacent to Persia. Third was in Hims, this is at the northeastern border of Syria, adjacent to Persia. Fourth was in Oman, the headquarters of Balkar was situated here in a fortified and well-protected fortress. The fifth was in Ajnadan. This was the military headquarters of the Byzantines in the south of Palestine, which reached both the eastern and western boundaries of the Arab lands, stretching to the border of Egypt. And the sixth was in Kisaria, and this is situated in northern Palestine, 13 kilometers from Haifa, and the remains of which are still present today. And the Byzantine command center was either Antakya or Hims. It is also mentioned in one narration that when Heraclius heard of the impending arrival of the Muslim armies, he advised his own people to refrain from participating in the war. He stated that I believe that you should make a treaty with the Muslims. By God, if you agree upon them having half of the produce of Syria and the other half remaining with you and also having control of Rome, then this is better than them capturing the entire land of Syria and half of Rome. However, the Byzantines got up and left, disregarding what he said. For this reason, Heraclius brought them to Hims and began preparing the soldiers and armies. He then went from Hims to Antakya, and seeing as he had a large army, he decided to send separate battalions to combat each of the Muslim armies. And this was so that he would weaken the Muslim army as they would have to face each division of their army separately. And so he sent his brother Tazarik with an army of 90,000 to combat Hazrat Amr. And he sent Jarja bin Tozal to face Hazrat Yazid bin Abi Sufyan. Similarly, he sent Kekar bin Nastus with an army of 60,000 to combat Hazrat Abu Ubaidah. And he sent Barakis to face Hazrat Shurabil bin Hasana. When Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin al Jarrah was close to Jabiya, a person came with the news that Heraclius is in Antakya and has brought such a large army to face you, an army the likes of which none of their ancestors had assembled to combat anyone. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah wrote to Hazrat Abu Bakr stating that I have been informed that the Byzantine Emperor Heraclius has come and stationed in a city of Syria called Antakya and has sent people from his empire to gather. And so, people have flocked towards Heraclius from every easy and difficult path. I have therefore deemed it appropriate to inform you of this so that you may decide in the matter. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr wrote in response to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, I have received your letter and I have understood what you wrote in regards to the Byzantine Emperor Heraclius. Hazrat Abu Bakr then wrote that his remaining in Antakya will be the means to his defeat and that of his cohorts and the victory from Allah for you and the Muslims. Therefore, there is no need to worry. And as for what you wrote in relation to Heraclius gathering the people from his empire and the large number of people assembling, we both knew prior to this that they would do so. For no people can abandon the emperor nor leave the empire without a fight. Hazrat Abu Bakr then wrote that all praise belongs to Allah I am aware of the fact that many Muslims fighting them love death just as much as the enemies love life. And they are hopeful for a great reward from Allah in this fighting. And they have greater love for striving in the way of Allah than their love for virgin women and valuable possessions. One of them during battle is better than a thousand polytheists. Combat them with your army and worry not about the Muslims who are not with you. 
Surely, Allah, whose remembrance is lofty, is with you. And at the same time, I am sending more people to assist you. That is to say, further armies which will suffice you, after which you shall, God willing, not require any more. Peace be upon you. Similarly, Hazrat Abu Bakr received a letter from Hazrat Amr bin al-As and in reply to the letter Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that I have received your letter in which you have mentioned about the Byzantine army gathering. Remember, Allah the Almighty did not grant his Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him victory and help because he had a large army. Our condition was such that we would perform jihad alongside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and we would only have two horses in our possession, and we would take turn to ride on the camel. And on the day of Ahad, we were with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and we only had one horse upon which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was mounted. But despite these conditions, Allah the Almighty would grant us victory over the enemy and would bestow his help. Hazrat Abu Bakr then stated to Amr that remember that the one who is most obedient to Allah the Almighty is the one who has the most dislike for sin. Thus obey Allah and also instruct those with you to show obedience to Allah. Hazrat Yazid bin Abi Sufyan also wrote a letter in which he mentioned the circumstances in his area and sought help. In reply, Hazrat Abu Bakr wrote that when you come up against your opponents in battle, Take your men and launch an attack upon them and fight against them. Allah the Almighty shall not destroy you. For Allah the Almighty has informed me that even a smaller army can overcome a much larger army with the command of Allah. But despite this, I shall send more mujahideen for your help and they will be sufficient for you and you will not require the need of any more. Inshallah. Peace be upon you. Hazrat Abu Bakr also signed it. Hazrat Abu Bakr sent this letter in the hands of Hazrat Abdullah bin Kurd to Hazrat Yazid and he departed. When he reached Hazrat Yazid, he read the letter out in front of the Muslims, upon which the Muslims became very impassioned. Hazrat Abu Bakr then called Hazrat Hashim bin Utbah and said, O Hashim, you are very fortunate and privileged, for you are among those people whom the Muslims are attaining support from against the disbelieving enemy. And those who are known and trusted for their well-wishing, good advice, chastity and command in military prowess. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said to Hashim, whom he was sending with an army. He stated that the Muslims have written to me requesting support against their disbelieving enemy. And so go with your companions, and I am preparing people to go with you. Set off from here until you meet Abu Ubaidah. Hazrat Abu Bakr then stood up among the people and praised Allah. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that indeed some of your Muslim brothers are doing well and others will be wounded and are being defended and tended to. Allah the Almighty has placed a fear of them in the hearts of the enemy for they sought refuge in their fortresses and closed the gates. A messenger on behalf of the Muslims has brought news that the Byzantine Emperor Heraclius fled past him and sought shelter in a town at the border of Syria. And he has brought us news that Heraclius has sent forth a large army from there to combat the Muslims. And I desire to send your army forth to aid your Muslim brothers. Hazrat Abu Bakr further stated, Allah the Almighty will strengthen and reinforce them through this. In other words, the Muslims will be strengthened through this army and the enemies will be disgraced and he will place fear in their hearts. May Allah have mercy on you. Prepare alongside Hashim bin Utbah 
and hope for rewards and blessings from Allah. If you prove successful, then you shall attain the spoils of war. But if you are defeated, then you shall attain martyrdom and honour. Hazrat Abu Bakr then returned home and people began gathering by Hazrat Hashim bin Utbah to the point where their numbers were greatly exceeding. And when they reached a thousand in number, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed them to depart. Hashim conveyed the greeting of peace to Hazrat Abu Bakr and took leave. And Hazrat Abu Bakr said to him that, O Hashim, we used to benefit from these suggestions and good planning of the elderly and would depend upon the forbearance, strength and bravery of the youth. And Allah the Almighty has combined all of these qualities within you. You are still young and are heading towards prosperity. When you clash with the opponent, remain firm in combating them and exhibit forbearance. Remember, any step you take and whatever you spend, the thirst, fatigue and hunger you will enjoy in the way of Allah will be recorded for you by Allah the Almighty as good deeds. Allah the Almighty does not let the reward of those who do good go to waste. Upon this, Hashim stated that if Allah desires good for me, then this is exactly what I will do. Strength and might can only be granted by Allah, and I intend that so long as I am not killed, I will continue to fight again and again and again. Hashim then said, that I trust that so long as I am not killed, I will fight continuously. Or he said, that I desire to be martyred and to be martyred over and over again. There are two narrations regarding this. Then his paternal uncle, Saad bin Abi Waqas, said to him, that, O my nephew, whatever arrows you fire and whatever strikes you blow should all be for the sake of attaining Allah's pleasure and know that you will soon depart from this world and return to Allah. And from this world to the hereafter, you will be accompanied by every step you took with truthfulness or your good deeds which you performed. Upon this, Hashim stated, Dear uncle, you have no need to worry about me in this regard. For if my resting and my travelling and my manoeuvring by day and night and striving and fighting and injuring the enemy with my arrows and striking with my sword are merely to show others, then in such a case I will be among those who have incurred loss. In other words, he stated that his every action would be purely for the sake of Allah and not for the people. Then he departed from Hazrat Abu Bakr and set off towards Hazrat Abu Ubaidah until he reached him. The Muslims rejoiced upon his arrival and informed one another about the good news of his arrival. Hazrat Sayyid bin Amir came to learn that Hazrat Abu Bakr wished to send him to Syria to carry out jihad as part of another army which Hazrat Abu Bakr was preparing. Hazrat Sayyid thought that this army would be sent under his leadership. In any case, this news reached him. However, when Hazrat Abu Bakr delayed this for some time and did not mention anything to him for a few days, Hazrat Sayyid went to Hazrat Abu Bakr and stated that, O Abu Bakr, by Allah I have received news that you intend to send me towards the Byzantines. However, I observe that you have remained silent thereafter and I do not know what impression of me has entered your heart. If you wish to send someone other than me as the leader, then send me along with him, and nothing would make me happier. And if you do not intend to send anyone, then owing to my passion for jihad, grant me permission to join the Muslims. May Allah have mercy upon you. It has been mentioned to me that the Byzantines have gathered a large army. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu stated that, O Sayyid bin Amir, May the Most Merciful of all have mercy on you. He then stated that as far as I know you, your rank is among those who are humble, kind to their relatives 
offer the hajjat and remember Allah much. Hazrat Sayyid stated that may Allah have mercy on you. Allah has bestowed even greater favours upon me. All is due to His grace and favour. By God, as far as I know you, you manifestly declare the truth and you stand firmly with justice and you are merciful to the believers and severe in combating opponents. You make just decisions and do not give preference when distributing wealth. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr said to him, That is enough, O Sayyid, that is enough. May Allah have mercy on you. Go and prepare for war. I am about to send an army to the Muslims already in Syria and I appoint you as their leader. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed Hazrat Bilal to make an announcement to the people. He announced, O Muslims, prepare for an expedition to Syria alongside Hazrat Sayyid bin Amir bin Hizyam. And so, within a few days, 700 people had gathered with him to form an army. And when Hazrat Sayyid intended to depart, Hazrat Bilal went to Hazrat Abu Bakr and stated, O Khalifa of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. If you freed me for the sake of Allah the Almighty, so that I am free to do what I wish and contribute to something beneficial, then grant me permission to perform jihad for the sake of my Lord. He further stated that I would much rather go for jihad than to just remain idle. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that Allah is witness to the fact that this is the very reason for which I freed you and I seek no reward or thanks in return. This land is vast, so tread upon the path which you choose. Hazrat Bilal then submitted, O Siddiq, perhaps you have minded what I have said and you are displeased with me. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that no, by God, this has not displeased me and I do not wish for you to abandon your desires for mine because your desires called you towards obeying Allah. Hazrat Bilal submitted, that if you wish, then I will stay back with you. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that if you desire to go for jihad, then I will never instruct you to remain behind. I only desire to have you for the azan, i.e. the call to prayer. O Bilal, I dread the thought of being separated from you. However, such separation is necessary, after which we will not meet until the Day of Judgment. O Bilal, always continue to do good deeds. May good deeds be the provisions for your journey and so as long as you are alive, Allah will keep your memory alive for this very reason. And when you pass away, He will grant you an excellent reward. Hazrat Bilal said to Hazrat Abu Bakr that may Allah grant you the best reward on behalf of this friend and brother. By God, the instructions you have given us regarding obedience to Allah, patience, truthfulness, and doing good deeds are nothing new. And he further stated that I do not wish to call the azan for anyone after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And so Hazrat Bilal also set off alongside Hazrat Sayyid bin Amir. He requested that if he was only being held back to call the azan, then his desire was not to call the azan, because his heart was not content to call the azan for anyone else after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Thereafter, more people came and gathered by Hazrat Abu Bakr and he appointed Hazrat Muawiyah as their leader and instructed him to join his brother Hazrat Yazid. Hazrat Muawiyah departed and joined Hazrat Yazid and when Hazrat Muawiyah passed by Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id, then the remaining part of the army joined him as well. Then Hamza bin Abi Bakr Hamdani also presented himself before Hazrat Abu Bakr with an army numbering close to 1,000 or even more. When Hazrat Abu Bakr observed their numbers and preparation, he became very happy and said, All praise belongs to Allah for this favour of His upon the Muslims. Allah always helps the Muslims through these people and procures the means for their happiness. He uses them to strengthen the Muslims and uses them to crush the opponents. Then Hamza said to Hazrat Abu Bakr that will there be any leader over me aside from you? Hazrat Abu Bakr said that yes, we have appointed three leaders 
and you may join whichever one of them you choose. Then when Hamza joined the Muslims and inquired of which of their leaders was the highest in rank and had benefited most from the company of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he was told that it was Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah and so he joined him. This was also a manner in which people expressed their love for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that they would remain with the person who had spent the most time with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Groups prepared for jihad continued to arrive in Medina, and Hazrat Abu Bakr would send them on expeditions. Meanwhile, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah continuously wrote to Hazrat Abu Bakr stating that the Byzantines and their associate tribes are gathering in large numbers in order to fight the Muslims. Hence, please instruct as to what should be done. As a result of the constant letters from Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, Hazrat Abu Bakr decided to send Hazrat Khalid bin Walid to Syria. And Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that by Allah through Khalid bin Walid, I will cause the Byzantines to forget their satanic ploys. Hazrat Khalid at the time was in Iraq, and when Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed him to go to Syria in order to lead and tend to the Muslim armies, he wrote to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah that after this I have entrusted leadership to Khalid in the war against the opponents in Syria. Do not oppose him, obey him and do as he commands. And I have not appointed him over you because I do not think that you are greater than him. However, in my view, you do not possess the same prowess in warfare as he does. May Allah the Almighty intend good for us and for you. Peace be upon you. It is recorded with regards to Hazrat Khalid's journey from Iraq to Syria that when Hazrat Khalid received the letter from Hazrat Abu Bakr he set out towards Syria with what is recorded in various narrations as being an army of 800 or 600 or 500 or even as high as 9,000 or 6,000 or somewhere in the thousands. Some narrations record them to have been in the hundreds, others in the thousands. In any case, they set out towards Syria and when Hazrat Khalid bin Walid reached a place called Karakar, he launched an attack against its people. He then crossed the desert, and after an arduous journey, he raised his black flag as he entered a place near Damascus called Saniyatul Uqab. And with regards to the flag, it is recorded that this was the flag of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which was called Uqab and it was due to the flag that this valley became known as Saniyatul Uqab. Thereafter, Hazrat Khalid set up camp a mile out from the eastern border of Damascus. And according to some narrations, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah met with him there, and they lay siege to the enemy on that very same day. It is also recorded in some narrations that Hazrat Khalid did not stay outside of Damascus for too long and instead reached Qanate Busra. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid along with the Muslims reached Busra, all the armies gathered there and made him their leader in battle. He lay siege to the city and some say that the leader in this battle was Hazrat Yazid bin Abi Sufyan because this was in the jurisdiction of Damascus, for which he was the governor and leader. Upon this, the residents agreed to pay jizya to the Muslims in exchange for the Muslims protecting their lives, wealth and their progenies. Then in relation to the battle of Ajnadan or Ajnadin, it is written in both forms. It is said that this is the name of a well-known settlement in the suburb of Palestine. After the conquest of Busra, Hazrat Khalid took Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, Hazrat Shurabil, and Hazrat Yazid bin Abi Sufyan and left Medina for Palestine in order to help Hazrat Amr bin al As. Hazrat Amr at the time was in the mountainous region of Palestine. He wanted to come and meet the Islamic army, but the Byzantine army was in pursuit of them and was in an effort to compel them into battle. 
when the Byzantine army heard about the arrival of the Muslims, they moved towards Ajnadayn. And when Hazrat Amr bin al-As heard about the Islamic army, he left from there until he met the army and they all gathered at Ajnadayn and they formed their rows for battle against the Byzantine army. According to another narration, prior to going to Ajnadayn, Hazrat Khalid had laid siege of Damascus as opposed to Busra and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah was also alongside him. During this siege, Heraclius had sent an army for the people of Damascus whom the Muslims had a battle with. However, details of this will be narrated with regards to the conquest of Damascus later. In any case, during the siege of Damascus, Hazrat Khalid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah learned that the governor of Hims had gathered an army in order to intervene the path of Hazrat Shurahbil bin Hassana, who at the time was in Busra, and they also found out that a large army of the Byzantines had arrived in Ajna then. This news caused concern to Hazrat Khalid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah as they were engaged in fighting against the people of Damascus. And so Hazrat Khalid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah consulted one another and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah was of the opinion that they should leave and go towards Hazrat Shurabil before the enemy could reach him. Upon this, Hazrat Khalid stated that if they left towards Hazrat Shurabil, then the Byzantine army situated in Ajnadan would pursue after them and so he suggested that they ought to travel towards Ajnadan and fight against that very large army there. He also suggested that they send a message to Hazrat Shurabil and inform him of the enemy's movements against him and tell him to meet them in Ajnadan. He also suggested that a message should be sent to Hazrat Yazid bin Abi Sufyan and Hazrat Amr to meet in Ajnadan and then they would fight against the enemy. Upon this suggestion of Hazrat Khalid, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah stated that this is an excellent suggestion and Allah shall bless this and we should act accordingly. According to another narration, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah suggested to Hazrat Khalid that all of their various armies were positioned in various locations in Syria and so a letter should be sent to all of them to meet in Ajnadan. And so, when Hazrat Khalid decided to leave Damascus for Ajnadan, he wrote to all the governors and instructed them to meet in Ajnadan. Hazrat Khalid and Hazrat Abu Baidah left the siege of Damascus and took their men and quickly headed towards Ajnadan. Hazrat Abu Baidah was in the rear part of the army and the people of Damascus went in pursuit of them and surrounded Hazrat Abu Baidah. At the time, he was with 200 of his men and this contingent in fact comprised of women, children and also their wealth and possessions. And according to one narration, there were a thousand horse riders with them in order to protect and guard them. In any case, the people of Damascus were in large numbers and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah engaged with them in an intense battle. When news of this incident reached Hazrat Khalid, who was in the front part of the army along with the horse riders, he returned along with his men and these horse riders attacked the Byzantines and pushed them three miles back till they reached Damascus again. Meanwhile, the Byzantine army in Ajnadan wrote a letter to its other army and also instructed them to come to Ajnadan. This army of the Byzantines was heading towards Busra in order to attack Hazrat Shurabil. Similarly, on the instruction of Hazrat Khalid, all the Islamic armies gathered in Ajnadan as well. The commanders-in-chief of the Byzantine army initially tried to send the Muslims away in exchange of giving them some wealth. And just like the Persians, they also thought that these Arabs were lowly people with no food or clothes and had simply left the impoverished land to loot money and wealth from others. For centuries, the Arabs were uncivilized, lowly, impoverished people who dwelled in the desert and no one could expect them to have any lofty objectives. And so they proposed to Hazrat Khalid that if his army returned, they would give each soldier a turban, one set of clothes and one gold dinar, and the ranking officers would get ten set of clothes, a hundred gold dinar, and the khalifa would get a hundred set of clothes and a thousand gold dinars. 
they thought, that these people are thieves and bandits, and by offering them this amount, they will be able to get rid of them. When Hazrat Khalid heard this, he rejected it as a completely worthless offer and said in a very strict manner that, O people of the Byzantines, we reject your offer of wealth and consider it to be completely worthless, for very soon we shall take control over your wealth, possessions, clans and tribes. And so, when both armies drew near to each other, one of the Byzantine leaders told one of his men, who was an Arab, to infiltrate amongst the Muslims. He was not a Muslim, and he told him to spend one day and one night with them and to then come back and provide him with the information about them. And so this man entered amongst the Muslims, and since he was an Arab, nobody thought him to be a stranger, and so he remained amongst the Muslims for one day and night. When he returned, the Byzantine commander asked him to provide him with information, and he stated that if you are asking for information about them, then the information is that they spend the night praying, and in the day they are cavaliers. In order to uphold justice among them, if even the leader's son would commit a theft, they would cut off his hand and would stone him if he were to commit adultery. Upon this, the Byzantine commander stated that if what you say is true, then it would be better to be buried beneath the ground than fighting against them on the land. All I desire from Allah is that he leave us as we are and not to help me against them and nor grant them help against us. This has been recorded in Tariq al-Tabari. In any case, it is further stated that in the morning, the armies drew close to one another and Hazrat Khalid formed the army rose for battle. Hazrat Khalid would walk through the soldiers and exhort them for jihad and he would not stand in one place. He commanded the Muslim women to remain resolute and stand behind the army. He told them to continue supplicating to Allah and whenever someone from among the Muslims walked past them, they should raise their children towards them and should say that continue to fight in order to save your children and women. Hazrat Khalid would stand next to the various contingents and say, O servants of Allah, fear Allah and fight in the way of Allah against those who rejected Allah. He further stated that do not turn back on your heels and nor become overawed by your enemy. In fact, advance ahead like lions until their influence is no more. You are a free and honourable people. You have been granted the bounties of this world and Allah has ordained to grant you a reward in the hereafter as well. Do not allow the size of the enemy to cause you fear. Verily, Allah is going to send down his wrath and chastisement upon them. Hazrat Khalid then said to the people that when he launches an attack, they should also do the same. Thereafter, a fierce battle took place between the two armies and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd advised the people in the following manner, O people, stand before Allah and remember your deaths and do not flee from the battlefield and thereby make the hellfire incumbent upon you. O you who protect the faith and recite the Qur'an, show patience. When a fierce battle ensued, the Byzantines fled in order to save their lives and when they reached their location, Mardan addressed his people and stated that if the situation remains like this, then this land and wealth will be taken away from you. And so it is better that even now we should try and cleanse our hearts of its corrosion. Our hearts never even entertain the thought that these Arab slaves who were shepherds and did not possess any food or clothes would fight against us. Drought and famine has driven them towards us and now having come here, they are enjoying exquisite provisions such as fruits, raisins and bread made of wheat instead of barley and instead of vinegar, they are eating honey, fig, grapes, etc. He then sought suggestions from some of his commanders and one of the commanders suggested that if they wanted to defeat the Muslims, then they should somehow bring their leader to them through deceit or a ploy and then kill him. Subsequently, the rest of them will run away. He further stated that they should send ahead ten soldiers from among them so that they could sit in hiding and then they should invite the leader of the Muslims to come on his own in order to talk to him. And as soon as he would come for this, the soldiers in hiding should attack him suddenly and kill him. And so the leader of the Byzantines sent a very eloquent and well-spoken person to Hazrat Khalid. When this emissary came to the Muslims, 
he said in a loud voice, O Arabs, will you not cease from this bloodshed and fighting? We have thought of a way to establish peace. Thus your leader should come forward to discuss this matter. Hazrat Khalid came forward and stated, that tell us the message you have brought us, but be mindful to speak the truth. He replied, that the reason why I have come here is because our leader does not like bloodshed and he is stricken with sorrow over those who have been killed so far. Therefore, he is of the view that he enter a treaty with you and give you something in exchange so that the battle can come to an end. During the course of this conversation, Allah the Almighty filled the emissary's heart with such awe that he revealed the entire plan of his leader in exchange of seeking protection for his family. In other words, he revealed the entire plan of how they had hid and were planning to kill Hazrat Khalid. Hazrat Khalid stated that if you do not deceive us, then we shall protect your family. The emissary then left and told his leader that Hazrat Khalid was willing to speak to him. Their leader rejoiced upon this and instructed ten of his soldiers to hide behind a mound at the location which had been specified for their meeting. Hazrat Khalid, however, was aware of their conspiracy, as had been informed, and so he sent Hazrat Zirar with ten other Muslim soldiers to the same location where the enemy was hiding. The Muslims arrived there and killed the Byzantine soldiers and sat in their place. Meanwhile, Hazrat Khalid left to speak to this leader of the Byzantines and both armies were stood facing one another and ready for battle. The Byzantine leader also arrived and while speaking to him, Hazrat Khalid stated that if you accept Islam, then you shall become our brothers, otherwise pay the jizya or prepare for battle. The Byzantine leader was in hope that his men were hiding and so he suddenly drew his sword in order to attack Hazrat Khalid and grabbed both his arms. Hazrat Khalid also fought back. The Byzantine leader then called for his men to quickly come for he had taken hold of the leader of the Muslims. And hearing this from behind the mound, the noble companions drew their swords and came towards him. Initially, Vardan thought that these were his men, but when he saw Hazrat Zirar, he was left stunned, and thereafter Hazrat Zirar and the others killed him. When the Byzantines heard the news of their leader's death, they became dejected. And after this, the battle commenced. Another leader of the Byzantines saw how the Muslims were fighting, and he ordered for a cloth to be tied around his head. Upon this, people asked him the reason for this, and he said that today is such a terrible day that I do not wish to witness it. I have never seen such a day of hardship in the world as I am seeing today. The narrator states that when the Muslims severed his head, it was covered in a cloth. In this battle, the Byzantines numbered around a 100,000 and the Muslims were 30,000. And according to another narration, the Muslims numbered 35,000. During this battle, 3,000 Byzantine soldiers were killed and their defeated army was compelled to seek refuge in various different areas. After the victory at Ajnadan, Hazrat Khalid informed Hazrat Abu Bakr of this good news through a letter as follows. Peace be upon you. I would like to inform you that a battle took place between us and the idolaters, and they had gathered a huge army in Ajnadan in order to fight us. They were holding high their crosses and also their books, and they swore by Allah that they would not flee until they were completely destroyed or expelled from their areas. He further stated that we too departed with absolute belief in Allah and placing our complete trust in Him. We first fought against them with arrows and then drew out our swords and attacked them. And we continued striking them for the same amount of time it takes one to slaughter an entire camel and prepare it. Allah then bestowed His help and fulfilled His promise. The disbelievers were defeated and were slain in every open path, valley and area of low terrain. All praise is due to Allah for granting triumph to His religion and humiliating the enemy and affording excellent treatment to His friends. 
When this letter was read before Hazrat Abu Bakr he was in the last stages of his life. News of this victory brought happiness to him and he stated, All praise is due to Allah who helped the Muslims and has granted coolness to my eyes through this. There are some varying opinions with regards to when the Battle of Ajnah then took place. According to some, it took place during the era of Hazrat Umar radiallahu khilafat. I will clarify with regards to the question of when the Battle of Ajnah then took place. According to some narrations, this battle took place in 13 Hijri and it is reported to have taken place either 24, 20 or 34 days prior to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu demise. According to another opinion of historians, this battle took place in 15 Hijri during the era of Hazrat Umar radiallahu In any case, according to the research of our researchers, and their view on this seems to be correct, that most likely a battle was fought twice in Ajnadan. It was first fought during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu khilafat and the second time during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu This is because in some books of history, there is separate mention of the Islamic forces for both occasions. The commander-in-chief in the battle which took place in 13 Hijri was Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and the commander-in-chief in the battle which took place in 15 Hijri was Hazrat Amr bin Alas. In any case, Allah knows best and the details with regards to the conquest Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah, وَمَنْ يُضِلُّ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ وَنَشَدُ اللَّهُ إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَنَشَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ إِبَادَ اللَّهِ رَحِمَكُمُ اللَّهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْلِسَانِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ <تصفيق> 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 <تصفيق>